What is up, y'all? Welcome to Culture. I'm your host, Leslie Lee III. Just rocking out there to Vampiro's old theme based on the Smashing Pumpkins hit Hummer from Siamese Dream. Folks, welcome to Culture. I'm your host, Leslie Lee III. You may know me from my other show, Struggle Session, which you can find at sesh.plus or patreon.com slash struggle session. Or strollersession.substack.com. It's a Friday night. I'm just here chilling like a villain watching Rampage. A. Kingston. Takeshita. In the ring right now. Having a great match. But you see a title. Hashtag Vince must go. Hashtag Vince must go. Vince must go. Today's the day. Today is the day when I felt it. You know, if you've been listening to the show, if you've <laughs> been listening to Struggle Session, if you've been listening to Wednesday Night Wrestling, if you've been listening to me, know me, see me tweet, you know this is a day I've been waiting for a while. I've been hoping for a while. Vince McMahon got to go. Vincent Kendi McMahon has to go. He... Has done too much dirt. That we have talked about week after week on here. And he's got to go. And we learned about something new today. Again courtesy of the Wall Street Journal. And again courtesy. Of this again succession like. Internal struggle between. Vince McMahon and the board of WWE. This is coming from internal leaks. About an internal investigation of Vince McMahon. And the Wall Street Journal story uh, today revealed that uh, the one about two weeks ago revealed that Vince McMahon had paid off a paralegal who he had a relationship with. And this story uh, reveals that he also had an additional $12 million in payouts over the past 16 years to suppress allegations of sexual misconduct and infidelity. An amount for, far greater than previously known. Missy Hyatt put it like this. Like what would could the average wrestling promoter do with $16 million? $16 million in professional wrestling is generally a lot of money. Maybe not the way the big money way WWE does it now. But generally speaking... $16 million goes a very long way. And Missy Hyatt, legendary uh, professional wrestling man- manager, has seen it all, has done it all, except have a big, you know, time running the WWE. I think that's why it helps her perspective a little bit. I think that's why she, you know, speaks out on this because very few wrestlers are. Very few. I can count on one hand the number of wrestlers who have talked about this huge news story that everyone's talking about. Even people outside of wrestling are talking about this. But very few people in the industry are. And we all know why. They're, they know that at some point their livelihood, their lives may depend on being the good graces of Vince, Vince McMahon himself and WWE. But Missy Hyatt, she's not worried about that. And she had this to say. What will most wrestling? And she says, she does write it with an R-A-S-S-L-I-N. 
That's who Missy Hyatt is. That's kind of wrestling she represents. She asks, what would most wrestling promoters do with $12 million? Reinvest it in their promotion. Buy talent. Pay off debts. Buy another promotion. Or, and this is the uh, Vincent uh, McMahon play, pay women off to not mention harassment or affairs. And that's where we are today. And this is a point I like to make a lot about WWE. All those millions and millions of dollars that Vince has coming in, him bragging about being a billionaire, the hundred million dollars, which dwarfs the kind of dwarfs the money we're talking about today, but the hundred million dollars that the McMahon spent on their vanity Senate campaigns that both failed, by the way, uh, for Linda McMahon. Hundred million dollars they spent on Linda's Senate campaigns total. That's the that's the final figure I got. At first it was we heard seventy, and then as they started giving interviews, they were Vince was actually like, oh, it was actually closer to a hundred million. So a hundred million dollars on Linda's failed Senate campaigns. The twelve million dollars here for these uh, payoffs to cover up sexual harassment and affairs. All that money does not come from Vince. And I, I've seen a lot of people confused about this. Vince McMahon didn't invent wrestling, okay? Didn't even, he invented the term sports entertainment at best in order to get out of, you know, not having to deal with athletic commission. So it wasn't so much an invention as a tr uh, attempt to save some money. But he didn't invent all this. All that, that $100 million, that $12 million... The billion dollars he brags about, that comes from the wrestlers, the workers. The announcers, the refs, the people who actually get in the ring and do this shit. It's them putting their bodies on the line. Them shortening their lives for our entertainment. That actually generates that money. It's not Vince McMahon. So when he just throws away a hundred million dollars... On these Senate campaigns. That could have paid for health care for every wrestler that ever worked for him. I'm not going to crunch the numbers on that. But I'm pretty sure $100 million would probably cover it. The $12 million on these payoffs. Could have gone to the wrestlers. I mean, it's, it's so wild because... I mean, uh, Mickey James actually made a joke. One of the other wrestlers to speak out on this. She said, oh, I guess this is why I never got a raise. The Divas were notoriously underpaid during this time period uh, where one of these agreements to, took place in uh, 2000. Uh, well, one of these incidents took place uh, 2005. Divas notoriously underpaid. Not making a lot of money at all. Paid much less uh, than the men. And Mickey James makes a joke like, well, I guess this is why my pay was so low. Because this is how you get paid. You have to get harassed and then sign a non-disclosure agreement. Absolutely disgusting news. Absolutely disgusting news. But important news to talk about. And again, what is revealed in this Wall Street Journal story lines up with things that 
we have known for years in professional wrestling, like the Rita Chadson story, which I talked about on the pat on this week's uh, past struggle struggle session episode. Hard stuff to talk about, hard stuff to listen to, but important. And the details of the harassment, the assault, then the demotion and the firing. There, that happened to Reader Chatterton in 1986, and according to this Wall Street Journal report, that happened to another woman, a wrestler, in 2006. So 20 years later, same shit, same events. And this is several decades, this is years after Rear Chatterton had gone on national TV and told her story multiple times. Why is Vince still here? Period. How is it acceptable? How did that happen? Folks, if you want to call in and talk about it, explain to me. How is Vince still around? Please let me know. Or if you want to talk about the fact that Vince got to go, please call in and let me know. Thank you so much for listening tonight. On Rampage, Eddie, Ante Keshta, having a hard-fought battle. I love Eddie. Love Eddie Kingston. Love his strong, uh, his, uh, excuse me, King's Road style, heavily influenced by the Four Pillars. Oh, wonderful lariat by Takeshita. Back fist by Eddie, eats an elbow. Some great action over there on AEW Rampage. But let Eddie Kingston's greatness not distract us from the fact. And he just picks up the win. That Vince gotta go. Vince has to go. And I know, I know, a lot of people don't believe that Vince can even go. I feel I feel like a lot of people just don't believe it can happen. I can understand why. There's there's baby wrestling fans out there who don't know anything, any world of wrestling aside from Vince's world. Everything they know is made by Vince. That's why they think he started this whole shit, basically. So I understand if you've only been living in the Vince world. But there's been a world before Vince. And there was a world where Vince was here. But WWE was not the institution it was today. I have some clips that show how differently the media used to treat WWE. Very different than they do now. Not They didn't treat them like Disney. They didn't treat them like Warner Brothers. Nothing of the sort. We have our first caller in the line, though. Tony, what is up? We got the baddies giving a promo on Rampage. Oh, excuse me. Athena and Statlander giving a promo on the baddies. I love this feud. Love to see it. Tony, what you got to talk about? So I think that the strategy. Tony, Tony, go ahead one more time, please. Sorry there. Hello. Nice to meet you, Leslie. Big fan. Oh, thank you so much. Don't let the haters get you down. Fuck them all. Oh, never. Um, So I think that the strategy that Vince McMahon used to put himself in kind of this position of power where he basically is the UFC is the same thing 
that Dana White has done to make himself, or sorry, he's the, the WWE. Dana White is the same thing for the UFC. Like, they reach to sort of diminish the quality of individual stars, don't let them get any kind of, like, real footing or power, and then just associate all talent and marketing back into the brand itself. And, you know, he is the brand, so... If you want Vince to go, I think the WWE also has to go. Like, there's no, there's ah. no way you're separating the two. That's my opinion. Interesting, interesting. I think there's, I think there's something to that. I think there's something to that because I am seeing people who are talking really hard about how Vince has to go, but also how Steph is a great replacement. I'm like, that's not a change. That's not a change <laughs> in any anything. And like, if you, if it's not, if it, if my dream, my dream. Vince goes and then by association as she should go, Steph McMahon, Stephanie McMahon goes. Who's left? Who's there? You know, it's, I guess it's, um, Nick Khan who was handpicked by Vince to run the show. Now, as far as I know, Nick Khan is not a sexual predator as Vince and his, uh, some of his other cronies are, but I don't know if that, that's not going to make a change as far as like m- many of the issues with WWE. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to over. You get, the influence from that position. You have your people in place. You become like Vito Corleone sitting at the desk, making Sonny beat up that guy and uh, Robert Duvall murder a horse. I don't know. Yeah. RIP James Conn. RIP James Conn. Um, the other thing uh, I haven't been following, like you basically brought to my attention. I haven't really followed wrestling since the attitude era, but you brought to my attention the thing about Jimmy Schnooker and Tony Atlas. Oh, jeez! Those two people are heavily featured in The Rock's Young Rock NBC sitcom TV show. Yes, I I want that episode. <laughs> Whoa! I I see. I thank you for letting me know that. Because I'm looking for like little handle holes where we can get a little bit of tension on this, where we can kind of push Vince towards going. And I think the fact that there's an NBC sitcom featuring Jimmy Snuka, who for people who don't know, allegedly murdered his girlfriend and helped cover it up and co- and was able to get away with it via Vince helping to cover it up with the local police department, allegedly – and Tony Atlas allegedly has a, a, there's a clip where he says his girlfriend witnessed the murder uh, herself. Uh, this was not something that was in the Dark Side of the Ring episode, which is mostly good, but leaves some stuff out like the Vince allegedly showing up to, at the police station with a briefcase full of money. Uh, well, a briefcase. Uh, we don't know what it was in, but the reason we know it. It was a briefcase was because Jimmy Snooker wrote in his book that Vince McMahon showed up to the police with a briefcase and left without it. Um, and so that, that was left out. The Tony Atlas confirmation, uh, which corroborates, you know, I, they weren't able to find the actual woman. Uh, it was, a, I think, an ex-wife of Tony Atlas's. But he tells the story. You can find it on YouTube. I have the clip uh, on my Twitter feed, maybe a little bit too dark to play now, but he just lays out that, yeah, my girlfriend saw that Jimmy Snooker beat um, Nancy Argentino to death. Uh, she died. Um, he, le- he left her there, um, and that was it. And and also, more importantly, actually, I will play that. I will play the second part of it because it's very, very important uh, because it 
because Vince got to go. And one of the reasons is because of Nancy Argentino. Let me see if I can pull that up. But Tony, thank you uh, so much for calling uh, tonight. What? Give me something good about wrestling. Talk about while I pull up this horrible clip. Um. Well, I'm gonna have to go back to the Attitude Era, but the Hardy Boys fought Edge and Christian in a ladder match sometime in the early 2000s. That was like this combination of like high level athletics and absolute disregard for personal safety that. While I don't wish it upon anyone, I feel it must be witnessed. Yeah, I, absolutely. Although I am, I am advocating for we we gotta slow down on the ladder matches. I think we've seen all the stunts we can see. I, they're still doing them. They're still trying to top themselves. I, I, we can go back. We can let the ladder retire. It's so funny because it's Bret Hart is the one who brought the ladder match to WWE. Slash WWF, which is so ironic because there's been so many injuries based on this ladder. And Bret Hart's number one thing is talking about how he never hurt anyone, and he and he uh, and he always he in the ring, and that was his number one proudest thing. He never wanted to hurt anybody uh, in the ring. But this match that he brought brings in becomes this, you know. Uh, like a abattoir, you know, it's just a grinder. And so, and so many wrestlers have had injuries through these ladder matches that unfortunately Bret Hart brought into the WWF. Well, thank you for uh, talking to me for a couple minutes here. I'm going to let you get back to your show. All right. Thank you so much, Tony. Don't be a stranger. I want that wire episode, that struggle session wire breakdown, wire versus shield something. Oh shield. yes, it's coming. We gotta do it. We gotta do it. We're de- we're also gonna talk about we own the city. Have a great guest uh, from Baltimore that covers the real life shit of it. We, that is coming. Thank you for Cannot reminding wait. me. Cannot wait. Awesome. See you later, Leslie. Peace. All right. So I do have this Tony clip. Uh, Atlas clip. I will play the whole thing just to give the full context. Warning: This is dark, dark stuff. This is about murder. I should. I wish. I, I should. I wish there was a like a true crime tag on it because this is closer to a true crime episode than a wrestling episode when you're talking about Vince McMahon. And this is Tony Atlas giving a shoot interview for Hannibal TV a few years ago. For people who don't know, shoot interviews are just wrestlers. Telling what the behind the scenes stories, usually older wrestlers. There's hundreds, there's thousands of hours of these out there. And if you actually go back and look, you find some stuff. Now, we've asked a lot of wrestlers about the whole uh, Jimmy Snuka murder situation. And when I finished reading your book, I read that uh, your ex wife. She was his girlfriend at the time. With one of his girlfriends. She used to date him. Because the girl that passed away, I guess that was they was buddies. Well, they was buddies. They hung out together, and and she was in the room when the incident happened. And she said, "What did he hit her?" So he went to get some cocaine. She came back with nothing. He just went through an eight ball that day, and he came up off that bed and he hit her, broke her neck. And that's what she said. Now I wasn't there, but and then she ran out the room. And she left her purse. And she started dating me, hoping that she'd get her purse back from him. <laughs> but I didn't. I mean, dude, I don't know what happened to that purse. What was the talk in the back like? Because you were in there at this time when, when all that was. Well, what, what ended up happening in the wrestling world was stuff like that happened. 
The talk is no talk. If you talk about it, you get in trouble. Schlucker at that time was a big star. So Vince didn't want to hear it. You know, you had to protect the business because, you know, he was with the WWE. So Vince knew that this was going to hurt the company. So if I get up talking about it, spreading rumor, it's kind of like the Bruiser Brody thing. I come back to the dressing room, nobody want to talk about it. They talk about it now because uh, Carlos Colon is not as big in the rest of the world as he was during that time. But during the time of the, of the murder, it was hush-hush. The only person that opened their mouth about what happened was me. I was the only, the long ranger. All right, and that was Tony Atlas. I think WWE Hall of Famer Tony Atlas revealing that, yes, Vince must go because he told the wrestlers they could not talk about this. This is Tony Atlas admitting that he knew a witness to a murder and he did not say anything about it at Vince's bequest and I feel like this point gets undersold when talking about that Nancy Argentino murder Jimmy Snooker uh because people forget you know the errors this was you know back 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 in the day before before the WWF was really the WWF Jimmy Snooker was was the top draw this was before Hulk Hogan so Jimmy Snooker wasn't just some guy wasn't so a lot of people might think, oh, Jimmy Snooker, the, Vince McMahon's gonna do all that for some mid card wrestler. I don't buy it. I've heard seen that so many times. He was the top star in the company, period. At the time, so don't ask yourself what would he do for Jimmy Snooker. Ask yourself what would he do for John Cena. What would he do for The Rock? What would he do for himself? Vince gotta go. Folks, this is Culture. Thank you so much for listening tonight. If you want to call in, talk about this, talk about wrestling, talk about that Boys Season 3 episode. Finale just came out. Feel free to do so. I watched that this morning. Great show. On the whole, great season. I think it was better towards the beginning than the end. But still probably my favorite show on TV. Right now, I have another clip to play. Because I'm saying Vince gotta go and people don't believe it. I know people don't believe it. People think Vince can't go. But I think there is one way. Well, maybe not one way, but a couple of ways to kind of get at it. One way is the sponsors. WWE relies on several sponsors and they're easy to find and pressure has been applied to those sponsors before in order to get WWE to change their content on TV. The May, uh, it, the um, Battle Royale, there was supposed to be a fabulous Moolah tri tribute Battle Royale at WrestleMania a few years back. And at the time, this was big when people, uh, when a new crop of wrestling fans were kind of questioning some of WWE's practices, how women are treated in the company. I think this was in or around the women's revolution era. 
And people knew that Fabulous Moolah was like pimped her wrestlers, the wrestlers who worked for her, for uh, trafficked them to promoters to other wrestlers. Uh, the story is she was sent. She would book a girl for a territory, and the girl didn't know that she wasn't just there to wrestle. And so the fans brought this up, brought this to the sponsors. I think uh, people were telling me that Snickers was the one that really took notice. And WWE did change the name of that Battle Royale. It was just a woman, WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale. No longer Fabulous Moolah. And I don't think they've mentioned Moolah on TV before. Now with these stories about Vince McMahon coming out and resurfacing... You may ask why he was so dead set on having Moolah as a champion. I just think it's kind of birds of a feather. You know, it's kind of strange. You have Vince McMahon, Moolah, in the company for years and years. And years brought back for years and years. Pat Patterson. Alleged abuser was fake fired, even and I, I he fake, excuse me, he fake resigned, I think, in '94 or uh, around the Donahue episode that came out where he was accused of sexually harassing WWE employees. Pat Patterson he comes back to the company and becomes like. Uh, you would see him on Raw every week. After, you know, 10 years after he had been exposed on national TV as a predator. It's wild shit. But sponsors, that's one way. Sponsors... When you bring this kind of stuff to companies, corporations that aren't WWE, they care. They have to comment if a big enough journalist, if enough journalists are asking the right questions. They have to say something. They have to do something. It's not a good look. Another way is the media. And just to imagine... How much different the coverage of WWE could be. Let's look at the coverage that was in the past. This is a clip from uh, CBS on America with Dan Rather from 92. This was before the steroid trial. This was before the IPO. This was before Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mike Tyson. This was before... WWE really became this mass, massive media conglomerate. And the media had a different approach to them. Because the media did not consider professional... Professional wrestling didn't have all these big TV deals on the same networks that run the news. Is the thing. So here's this clip. Just listen. And, and I want to tell you, all the visuals are from WWF, WWE, WWF at the time. But he only, but they keep referring to it as wrestling. Full stop. Not even 
acknowledging WWF as like a major corporate entity. So take a listen to this. Well, the baseball season doesn't open until next week. College basketball's Final Four is not till tomorrow, and the hockey players are on strike. So there's time to catch up on professional wrestling. That always strange world of hoaxers and hoaxers has been hit now with some real scandals. Bob Fall reports tonight's Eye on America. This is to sport what Jim and Tammy Baker are to religion, what Ripper is to wine very distant relatives the winner determined by the promoter beforehand never lays a hand on the bum only the spit is real and yet this hideous combination of sideshow acrobatic you got some beefcake there has been demolition now though the business has been rocked by unprecedented charges of sleaze even sexual depravity from ex-wrestlers appearing on late night radio shows it is definitely sexual harassment any way you slice it. That's Barry Orton, Randy's uncle, and that was also superstar Billy Graham sitting at the table as well. To the holiest of holies, national daytime television. Now come forward a number of people to say, because I wouldn't have sex with another guy in the game, I couldn't get promoted. I wouldn't sleep with the vice president of operations, so they fired me. You saw Ring Boys, did you, being sexually harassed? Yes, I've seen Ring Boys uh, being sexually harassed. Weird, you say? You want weird? Take what happened. So, look, at, that's not the kind of coverage that WWE gets now. And these stories didn't go anywhere. These stories didn't disappear. In fact, what happened was there were so many WWE scandals at the, going on at the same time that the steroid scandal kind of took precedent. And the Ring Boy scandal, which is absolutely horrific, is not the same thing as the Pat Patterson scandal. There was a ring announcer that named Mel Phillips, who we now know due to unredacted FBI documents, the FBI had videotapes of him abusing kids at WWE events. This is in the FBI files. You can look at the PDFs. And the FBI did not pursue the case because they were hoping to flip him on the steroids thing. This is something that happened under Vince's watch. They were ta- and and there's interviews where wrestlers. If you just Google this, uh, t- type in YouTube. There's a big video compilations of wrestlers talking about knowing what Mel was up to and how he would have kids in different cities and they, they would have kids they would bring kids from one city to the other if he needed them that's the same company that's who Vince had in charge of setting up the ring Pat Patterson even that and that clip mentions Pat Patterson and his pattern of abuse where he would Say either a wrestler, either you uh, have relations with me or you're fired. And again, there's you can hear so many wrestlers talking about exactly this, either experience it, experiencing it themselves or hearing about it. So everyone knew and certainly Vince knew because Vince, there's very little that happens in WWE. This is consistent that Vince doesn't know that he's not directly involved in. 
it would be impossible for him not to know. And of course, the Wall Street Journal story is about stuff that Vince actually did himself. But the, Vince would have to go even if he had never done any of this himself. Vince would have to go for surrounding himself with predators for even after they've been exposed like Pat Patterson and Fabulous Moolah bringing them into the fold or back into the fold with Pat Patterson. But, you know, what happened from 92 to now that changed the media's approach to Vince? Obviously, they've they've made a lot more money. They've signed contracts with networks like Universal and Fox. So don't expect an expose from MSNBC or Fox News about a WWE. I was I am hoping since Time Warner Time Warner owns um Warner Brothers and they work with AEW. I don't know why don't they why don't they cover the story a bit more. They actually did the first Wall Street Journal story. They did a lot of it about it on CNN. I don't know. That's that's some corporate graft I can get behind. But one thing that happened, one big change from WWE F then to WWE now is how Vince McMahon presents himself. It's no longer, I've, I noticed this just by watching videos of him. After a certain point when he's in interviews, he is in character now. He is in character. Even that Bob Costas interview, which was very heated. I look at that now, I see, oh, that's him playing the character of Vince McMahon. And he plays the character of Vince McMahon on TV. And the Vince McMahon character on TV admits to sexually harassing his employees. Does it in on, on public. And this is something that happened. A lot of the negative coverage then about WWE, when it becomes more salacious, the Attitude Era... Then the negative coverage is not about sexual harassment happening in the real company with the real wrestlers. These stories then become about the sexuality of the screen on the TV show. What does this mean for kids? That that whole thing. That moral panic became the focus. And that's just good for WWE's business. It, at least it was at the time. That's not really exposing anything. Just talking about how there's too much sex in the content. While ignoring the real life issues in the company. That's one big change between you know not that 92 coverage. And now. The media stopped reporting on them as a company. And started reporting on them like, you know, they're like they're film critics almost. They started doing film, they started doing media critique on WWE as their hard hitting stories on WWE instead of, and, and the media critique would always be paired with this awe of how popular WWE was and how much money it pulled in. You hear so many times, oh, they, they pulled in more revenue than the NFL. The media is very impressed by Vince's success over the years. And he won them over. 
But we can change that. Vince got to go. Vince must go. Use the hashtag. Talk about it. If you like on Twitter. Wherever. But I'm going to keep talking about this. Thinking of writing an article. Just I mean because. Is is nothing less than like. 40 years of sexual harassment. In WWE. And I don't. I, I, I'm not seeing the kind of reporting I like. I'm not seeing the kind of journalism I like. Especially from wrestling journalists. I've been very disappointed in wrestling journalism's coverage of this. Because there's so much information out here. <clears throat> but I'm thinking of writing something about that, that. But thank you so much for listening tonight. Sorry, this is a little bit darker show, sadder show. But I wanted to get this out there. I want to talk a bit about it. If you want to call in right before I hop off and watch this AEW main event between Orange Cassidy and Tony Nese. Please feel free to call in. Does Vince gotta go? Is he gonna go? When is he gonna go? It's gonna take a while. Whatever it is, it's probably gonna take a while. But I think sponsors. I think the the, the media companies that WWE doesn't have huge contracts with. Maybe taking a look at this. And still, this is coming from internal leaks. From the WWE board. So it's not just like this is... Ha- We're the only people who think that Vince gotta go. Is what I'm saying. But thank you so much for listening to Culture. I had a great time talking with you. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. <laughs>